Welcome back to the Hammer and Quill Podcast. This is Season 3, Episode 1, an introduction to cultural engagement. Or maybe a better way to put it is an introduction to Season 3 and what we're going to cover. I'm Jesse. I'm one of our hosts here at the Hammer and Quill, the director of the Bonhoeffer House. And I'm joined in our shed quarters. No. No? No. In our... Studio. Studio. <laughs> Friendos joined in the studio. No. By, why do you get to say? Because <laughs> you were wrong. I own this. <laughs> it's not a shed. I believe you yourself n- negated our use of shed quarters in the past. Mm. Is this a shed? This was a shed. Wow. Well, that's really Kudos. interesting. You know, what makes a shed a shed? Mm. This was attached to the house, but there's no way in to this room other than outside. Hmm. I built it as a workshop hmm. in woodshed. Hi, guys. Does Holly the- here. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, you here too? <laughs> Hello. Joined by Holly and Michael, my you, cohort. You uh, almost fell off of the roof of this when when it was being... I did. Actually, one time... Here's a story for you. You were like swinging an axe or, or, a, or maybe a chainsaw. I know, a chainsaw. I was... I was I was chainsawing <laughs> Being something. held by the belt. <laughs> while Jonathan Bowell, who weighs about 120 pounds, <laughs> was anchoring me by holding my oh, belt. Oh, gosh. Oh, my God. While I leaned out over the edge. Um, it, it, was before I took, it was before I took chainsaw safety with um, some local guys. I did take a chainsaw safety class, and I would never do that. Because now. of that? Did no, Jenny make you? No. No, beca- just because. Hmm. Just... Just, you know, just wanted to learn how to better use a chainsaw. Mm. Wow. Well, anyway. (laughs) Good use of time. (laughs) Anyway, here we are. Here we are. Back for season three. Uh, We wrapped up seasons one and two, and we're launching a new season. And our hope this season is to present a compelling theological vision for how both individual Christians and local churches can engage culture in the West. And what and what I'm going to call, guys, throughout this series, the decline, or even the ruins of Western society uh, in distinctively Christian ways. I'm hoping that over the course of this season that we'll offer a vision that integra- integrates uh, a few elements that are really important to me and I think to the Bonhoeffer House. Uh, one is the building of good, true, and beautiful local church communities. Uh, alternative communities that offer a compelling vision, uh, a conviction, and a courage to stand on the truth of Christian orthodoxy, but still offer a a, a beautiful, compelling vision to the world around us. Another thing I want to integrate this season is the possibility of positive change, like of actually being actors for positive change within the spheres of our vocational influence. And actually, one of the things that I haven't read a lot about that I'm excited to explore is... uh, local church vocations. So not just the vocational spheres of influence for particular people in local churches, but also how does a, how does a local church discern its own calling mm. within its own place? Uh, and so that's something we'll, we'll integrate. Uh, the importance of missionary encounters, uh, both as individuals and local churches with the surrounding culture, uh, and with our, our actual neighbors who inhabit the culture with us. Uh, and then, and then counter-catechesis, and counter liturgies for the renewal 
of our social imaginaries. Now, wow, mm. are you proud of that <laughs> sentence? Because <laughs> I'm, I want tell us more. Say it in Holly terms, please. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you channeling Michael Scott? <laughs> explain it like so I'm eight. Yes. Tell it to me like I'm five. Okay, yeah. now just explain it like I'm five. Uh, Counter-catechesis <clears throat> is the idea that there's uh, we're being catechized, uh, being, being sort of brought up and taught how the world works. And so I'm, I'm excited to talk about cultural engagement through the importance of Christian communities offering countering practices, hmm. countering um, sort of uh, how the world works and, and what the stories of the world is. So, social imaginaries is probably better to define first. Uh, social imaginaries is, is, is a term Charles Taylor coined. Taylor's a, a Roman Catholic philosopher in Canada who, who um, is really helping us think about worldview often just touches at like this cognitive le- level of understanding. Like, um, the, you know, a Christian worldview would be like, how does the world work? Um, what, uh, what is the truth and how do we make sure that the truth is sort of informs the way that we look at the world? Hmm. But What's it's a problem. How do we fix it? Sure. Yeah. What are the problems? What are the big questions that the world is trying to answer and how does the Christian scriptures offer the answer to those all like conscious thought cognitive cognitive is the key word. Yeah, conscious thought. No, no, no subconscious. No kind of habituated. Right. Social. Practice. That's exactly right. Michael. Michael's been. Michael and I've been. No, I'm yeah. just looking at Michael. His <laughs> words make a little bit more sense. Okay. To me. So uh, <laughs> the idea of social imaginary is that it it includes uh, sub subcognitive things like stories that we that we sort of orient our who are the villains and heroes who do we look up to how how do we make sense of where we find ourselves within the broader story like what's going on in the world uh you know uh it'll incorporate things like rituals that we go through practices habituated um practices of love uh and so so really social imaginary is kind of getting at the whole thing stories symbols and worldview uh, and, and so counter-catechesis and counter-liturgy is, is my way of saying we need practices that reform and renew the way that we understand the world, our place in it, the stories that, that, that comprise our heroes and villains and where we, where we situate ourselves. So I'm hopeful, we're hopeful that we'll offer a vision that integrates all of these things as we... Now, this season will be a little bit different because season one and season two, we focused more on interviews, you know, mm-hmm. bringing guests in. We will have some guests in season three. So uh, I don't want to, I don't want to um, give away who our guests are yet. Yes. Uh, but there's going to be some really fun, really thoughtful yeah. uh, guests that will integrate into our season, but it's going to be a lot of us, a lot of the three of us here in the studio, not the shed quarters. <laughs> Uh, talking about what is a, maybe a kind of a, a Bonhoeffer House vision, theological vision for cultural engagement. Season one and season two were different, right? Season one was... Yeah, we we spent season one interviewing friends. Actually, you guys spent season one interviewing um, friends about vocation and how to faithfully live out our callings before the Lord. And that this one's a fun fun one for me to recap because I listened as a listener. A friendo. I was a, friend, a friendo. You were a friendo. <gasps> Michael, a wouldn't friendo. that season have been so much better with Holly? Yeah, that, think that, about <laughs> it was the before time. Yeah, think about how our how much more our guests would have felt like known and loved and cared for. Aww. Yeah. 
Our, when, with Michael Thanks and I interviewing them, they were like more lively. And yeah, joyous, yeah. yeah, our podcast yeah. is. We were like, tell us stuff. <laughs> Not Go like on. Tell more me stuff. What you felt about <laughs> and, yeah, that? Holly would be like, "Wow, that was so beautiful." <laughs> Speaking of beautiful conversations in that season, um, some of the ones that really stick out to me were I loved when you guys talked to Chief or to Don, Don Goodman. Goodman. Oh, yeah, man. retired police chief. Yeah, that was that was a really interesting one that felt um, timely and it was just good. And then it was when, a lively, lively yes, conversation. It was, yes. really it was so lively <laughs> that we had to cut some. We had of to it. cut some things, but that's all that I'm going to say about that. <laughs> Elder Don Goodman of our church, local church pastor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh man, and then also um, your conversation with Shelby Abbott. I just remember, you know, I was looking over the. Um, the guests of that season, I remember being really encouraged by um, your conversation about suffering and and mm. mentoring um, with Shelby. So that was a great was one, a you great know, because Shelby uh, is an old friend of mine and has really. There's like not a day in his life that he's not suffering. Mm. So mm. so talking about suffering as someone who physically, yeah. I should say, is yeah. is suffering. And so that'd be a really great one to go back and listen to. I like to think that we got we kind of launched Shelby in his career as a podcast. Yeah, he's got a new podcast <laughs> right. out. Yeah. Um, he hasn't given <laughs> us any credit for this, but I'm comfortable taking credit. He does have a new podcast. Nothing to do with Paul Tripp and his. You know. <laughs> oh, he did do a podcast with someone named Paul Tripp, some <laughs> other guy, some guy. Um, uh, and then now he's got Real Life Loading, which yeah. is a new podcast yes. that uh, is really excellent that we we'd love to recommend. Mm. And then that those probably weren't even your favorite from season one. God, I mean, there are some. Let's that, be honest. You yeah. Know, well, I who's your favorite? Call, well, Zoe. <laughs> you guys what interviewed my best friend. It was great. Oh, Zoe that was Robinson. fun. I remember. I remember that. That one was the, so fun. Yeah. Because she was here in person from old Canada. I feel like that one from Canada. Part of what you guys liked about it is part of what made it hard for me. <laughs> Oh, were she you, made fun of were you. you so much. So uh, much. Were you suffering during that suffering. podcasting experience? <laughs> no, it was fine. It was fine. We, you, I, it was fun. Yeah. yeah. And she's yeah. just she's just really wise. I mean, talking to someone mm. who lives out their calling and their vocation is I, right. Zoe comes to mind right away. Yeah. So that's Shout great. Out Robinson. That's great. Yeah. Season one. So season one really was just Let's get the most interesting friends we can <laughs> to talk about faithful living out our callings before the Lord. Talk mm-hmm. about vocation and how it kind of looks. And we had a couple one-off episodes, but mm-hmm. season yeah. two was a little different. Yeah, season two, we uh, did a couple mini-series. So we did our first mini-series on craftsmanship, which is a value in the house. Yep. Um, so we, we want to form church leaders who are craftsmen. Um, who have an eye towards learn a lifelong learning um, and towards honing and, and sharpening the, the tools and skills that they pick up um, as they're formed as leaders. So we, so we interviewed people whose jobs involve craftsmanship, working with their hands, honing their skills, constantly growing in their, in their craft. Um, and that was really fun. Um, Holly got to interview Julielle, oh, which was such a that. such a fun episode, um, and uh, yeah, I I I really enjoyed that series personally. Um, I think I think as much as Holly enjoyed interviewing Julielle, uh, Jesse really loved getting to go fly fishing. I was gonna oh, say like <laughs> I, I mean all of those all of those guests were fantastic, yeah. uh-huh. but my favorite one to record 
was easily <laughs> season two, episode four, our episode with Chris Barkley. Yeah. Uh, Chris Barkley and I met. You mean I, Chris Barkley? Chris Barkley. <laughs> um, that was the that section of I, this season when you went straight Irish. I, I do. For like three episodes. <laughs> yeah. So Chris Barkley and I, uh, we met. I was so cool. We like clamped the microphones to my car. You could so hear that the we creak could, in the yeah, background. Yeah, so that we could yep. sit outside. His little dog Stella was there, and and we we went fly fishing and caught brook trout on this beautiful secret. Secret. You've stream, mentioned that the that spot. it's secret and yeah. no one can know where it is. <laughs> so that's right. That one was that was a really beautiful. Yeah, and beautiful and I'll episode. I'll link all these episodes in the show notes. Mm. Um, so we did we did first miniseries on craftsmanship and then we concluded season two with a miniseries on the future of theological training um, where really we talked to different uh, leaders in in theological training about what what direction theological training is heading um, so that was that was really cool to get to talk uh, to people from from professors and and leaders in seminaries uh, to local church lay leaders right. who are uh, involved in um, training, training church members. Um, so got a lot of positive feedback from, uh, both of those mini series. Uh, you know, I've heard from a lot of folks. I, one of the ones that, um, I really ended up hearing quite a lot about was the, our interview with Pam Behal, Mm -hmm. who is a, uh, a local church leader at Valley Bible Church, uh, who's leading women in theological training. And so really an interesting episode, interesting interview. Um, Man, this the, you know so so the way that we do things at the Hammer and Quill is it, it is kind of in line with who we are at the Bonhoeffer House. Uh, uh, we're it's it's an eclectic, it's an eclectic thing that we're offering you, our friendos, uh, right? It's mm-hmm. it, you know we're kind of a like a jack of all trades, master of none kind of podcast, uh, or I like to think about it like we're we're like a Renaissance mm. podcast, right? Okay. I right. think that's probably how our friendos would describe <laughs> us, for sure. Go on. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. You know, the, okay. you know, a podcast that uh, that sort of dabbles in a little bit of everything. Okay. Uh, you know, we cover a lot of ground. We want to offer something quality in a kind of a variety of areas, and, and not all podcasts are like that, right? Some podcasts mm-hmm. really settle into this is the one thing that they're going to talk about, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, uh, so if, as an example, what kind of podcast do you guys listen to? Um, the Bootcast. Golly, <laughs> <laughs> no, I listen to a lot of yeah, I listen to a lot of podcasts about motherhood, okay. and um, that would probably be where I land mm. most of my and true crime, true crime, you know, motherhood and true crime. It right. feels right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 And, but I mean, you know, you've got a true crime podcast and that's just what they do. Right. Right. They're looking for new stories, but they're not, yeah, they're not kind of deviating from what, from the recipe that works. <laughs> Maybe we should start a true crime, a season you, four. You have mentioned, you've mentioned that one four, too. true crime. <laughs> grandpa <Yeah>. Jesse keeps <laughs> re-mentioning things. If you could refrain from calling me grandpa. <laughs> uh, oh man, that's I've why never, we're here. Uh, yeah, I've never, I don't think I've ever heard you call him that. Yeah, that's new. That one just kind of... That just Came rolled out, out. out of <laughs> out of the heart, <laughs> overflow. The yeah, out of the overflow. Mm. Yeah, I listened to um, theology in the raw oh, it's Bible so project good. and fantasy football podcast. Yes. Yes. Thank yes. you for making me feel better. Yeah, I was like Holly threw in true crime, so for sure my number one podcast listen is at this point fantasy football podcast. I'm not saying that because I'm proud of it. It just is what it is. Yes. 
it's not bad. But like that's all I, d- I don't want those guys to talk about other things. Yeah. Just give me my I need to know who to start this week. Yeah. <laughs> I need to know the matchups. I need to know who to trade for. That's and how I am with big boo cast. Like I need to know what lip gloss. Tell me more. <laughs> what is, okay, yeah. What what is the them. big boo podcast? That's um Sophie Hudson and Melanie Shankle. And what are their they're, nicknames? They're big Mama and big Boo Mama. Mama and boo Mama. Big Mama and Boo Mama. And, and I'm grandpa. Fine. And <laughs> it's fine. It, but truly on Thursday mornings I wake up and I'm like one more day till the week, but today's the day. Today, is. today is the day I can look Big to boo. see what new athleisure wear they got uh, this week mm. that I should try, and you know, it's just it's a it's a highlight. It's a mm. highlight. Mm. So, it is my fantasy football. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So we hope we hope, friendos, that that our kind of uh, Renaissance podcast is uh, is interesting. You know, we want mm-hmm. we want these conversations to be interesting and. And uh, and we want to resource all of our church partners yeah. and all of you out there who are listening with quality content that's that is sort of a renaissance, uh, you know, jack of all trades, um, but but stays in line with our house mission. Yeah, right. We exist to form future leaders in and for the church, and so we want to make sure that that the content we're producing is in line with forming future leaders in and for the church and forming helping to form churches that form future leaders. Uh, we also want to make sure we're in line with our practices, theological training, ministry, apprenticeships, and, and life together. The uh, the quill, I did that in the wrong order. The quill, the hammer, and the house. And so, you know, that's why we're, we did the miniseries on the, the future theological training, why we've talked about um, ministry, we've talked about apprenticeship over the yeah. co- course of time. And then, and then in line with our identities, which are friendship, mentoring, faithfulness, craftsmanship, and humility— which is what we're best at. Um. You know, why I think... Um, you we, snuck that in. <laughs> Humility. Why I think, you know, I just think back on um, the miniseries and the, the conversation with Pam, why I think that um, resonated with so many people was because forming future leaders in and for the church, that that's not just future leaders who are going through seminary, who are that's going right. off to plant churches. Like that... Um, is the every person, the every man, the every woman. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that, you know, as much as I joke about it being Renaissance, <laughs> Renaissance just sounds really fancy. That's just a fancy word. I wouldn't call us fancy, but... You know, think about it like, like um, do you have like a mechanic friend that can just fix anything? I have a husband who... Can. You've, got a, you've got a farmer <laughs> husband, right? So it's like, like a Morgan. It's like being like Morgan. Yes. Where, um, you know, <clears throat> there, it may not be one thing only right. that the mechanic knows how to do, but... but mm-hmm. Birthing you know, goats. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we should, that's right. Okay. We need to shift to the farmer, <laughs> the farmer uh, metaphor here. Yeah, so, uh, so Morgan can fix the tractor or birth a goat or repair the fence or, you know, any number of farmer things. That's kind of what I'm, what I'm going for. Yeah. With, that's what, yeah. what we're going for with right. the hammer quill is... Uh, a little bit of everything in line with our calling to form future leaders and for the church. And like you were saying, Holly, for, helping to form churches mm. that prioritize formation, that yeah. prioritize theological training and life together and ministry apprenticeships, because that will apply not just to the narrow sort of future church planters or even the narrow pastors, mm-hmm. uh, but really right. all leaders within the local church. Mm-hmm. Well, I, yeah, I feel like our identities 
you know, I want to say them again because they, they are so powerful for the local church formation of its people of friendship, mentoring, faithfulness, craftsmanship, and humility. Um, Mm. I'm excited to, to get into that in this season. That's right. That's right. Yes. And, and really all of those are going to come to bear on how we present a model for cultural engagement. Yeah. Um, so let me give a let me kind of give an overview, a preview of season three, and then uh, and then we'll talk about a few things we're introducing here uh, in the season. So as we look ahead, we're going to look at uh, the first few episodes, three or four episodes. We're going to dedicate to defining our terms, our problems, and our goals. So uh, guys, one of the things that is is always a challenge at having these types of conversations, or even putting forward these types of um, models is that we mean different things. So when we talk about culture, you know, some people think of culture in, you know, in terms of like high culture, you know, like high art and opera and and things like that. Some people think about culture as, uh, the stuff we make. Some people think about culture more in terms of worldviews and uh, ideas have consequences kind of thing. And so, so it's really important for us to define what do we mean when we, when we say culture, Mm -hmm. what do we mean? Uh, so we're going to look at what is culture, uh, both historically and biblically. Uh, we're going to look at um, challenges for cultural engagement in the ruins of the West uh, or in the decline of the West, it, looking in particular at um, cultural engagement models for the church that were sort of advanced 50 years ago or 100 years ago in America may actually not work well now, right? Because mm. we're looking at an increasingly post-Christian and almost anti-Christian uh, world that we're operating within. And so uh, there's a huge debate right now, I, I don't know if we'll get into it, but around Tim Keller's models mm. and whether or not Tim Keller's models mm. were were formed in a neutral world, a world in which uh, the the surrounding culture was sort of could take or leave Christianity. You know, like, well, you know, you got some good stuff and some bad stuff, we're neutral towards you. Um, and the and the challenge is, what if the world has become antagonistic towards Christianity and mm-hmm. looks at Christianity not just as a neutral thing, but as a kind of morally bankrupt or deforming mm-hmm. uh, worldview? How do we engage culture if there's already a negative posture towards us? Uh, so so that's kind of a debate right now that's happening. We'll engage with that a little bit in terms of just how do we do that? What are the challenges that we face? Uh, I'm going to present a theological. We'll we'll talk about a theological. What is a theological vision? How do we do theology or think theologically about something like culture and our place in it? And then in that kind of definitional sort of first part, we'll talk about what is the church and what is its mission? Uh, We'll look at things like, is it the church's job to engage culture? Hmm. Or is it the church's job to disciple and resource her members who then have a particular calling to engage culture? Uh, so to what to what end can we say, you know, the church should do better at this? Mm-hmm. You know, I hear that all the time. The church has failed in these ways. Well, what what does that mean, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll look at, you know, both the universal church kind of where we would just be able to say the church. Most of the time, what people mean when they say that is a is like a a subset of the universal church, like the American church or the complementarian church or the evangelical church, uh, and and we'll look at our. Are those categories really helpful, um, mm. or should we just think about 
particular local churches. So anyway, I'm, I'm excited to engage with that and talk about what is the church and what is its mission? Is the church exist just to make disciples and, and do evangelism, um, to proclaim the gospel or to do justice? You know, we're going to talk about some of that. Then we'll make a turn and we'll interact with a few key thinkers and proposals for cultural engagement. So uh, we'll look at things like um, Niebuhr's categories. I'll explain that as we go. Tim Keller's uh, Center Church, he presents what he calls his blended insights, where he's got this grid and in a true Keller way, seeks <laughs> to take the best of all the different approaches mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. sort of um, Frankenstein monster them together. Now, maybe I'm tipping my hand as to whether or not it's possible to do this. <laughs> But we'll, we'll get into it, uh, into, into this center model of uh, cultural engagement. We'll look at James Davison Hunter's important book, uh, To Change the World, and his idea of faithful presence and working for Shalom. Uh, we'll look at Danny Treweek, who's writing some important things right now on singleness and vocation and callings within the church and, and the surrounding culture. Uh, Leslie Newbegin. And missionary encounters. Uh, Newbegin was a missiologist, actually a missionary, who was also a theologian, talking about um, really some interesting things about how to engage and encounter as missionaries our surrounding culture. Rod Dreher and the Benedict Option, whether or not that's still an option for us. Um, and Stanley Hauerwas and his kind of presentation along the same lines as the church is a kind of counter culture. And we'll probably look at Andy Crouch and his his work on uh, the importance of make, being culture makers. Uh, to what degree do we engage versus just create culture? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll finish season three by integrating some of the best practices and introducing some of our own contributions. I'm ar- I'm, I've already mentioned this. I'm, I'm particularly excited to talk about uh, spiritual habits and practices as counter-catechesis and counter-liturgies to the kind of immersive worshiping liturgical practices of the world around us, right? So uh, one of the things that I'm I'm looking forward to, and I'd love to hear from you guys what you're excited to talk about this season. I'm excited to talk about just how, like, we carry these supercomputers in our pockets yeah. that I'm talking about our iPhones that, uh, that Im- we're immersed in, pra- in, in, in things that train our hearts, capture our hearts, uh, teach us, even if they're not they're not kind of uh, you know giving us outright teaching. They're teaching us things about how the world works, how we live in the world, uh, who the good guys and the bad guys are. Um, and so I'm I'm excited to talk about what are some what are some real practical, down to earth habits that we can we can incorporate that counter the effects of the world through our phones and devices and and stories and music and movies and different things that that sort of capture our heart and our imagination. What are you guys most excited about for this season? Yeah, I, I'm excited about that as well. Um, one, one just to help draw out and, and kind of draw to the surface what some of those um, liturgies and practices are that, that maybe are forming us without our knowledge. <laughs> um, and then I think the other thing that I'm really excited about is... Uh, talking through uh, maybe it's maybe it's just the theological vision um but basically talking through how do we become people who have the wisdom and discernment necessary to enter into these conversations um i think 
I think a lot of the times when, when there's problem, cultural problems or, or cultural issues that are just kind of flying in front of our faces, it can feel like, well, I've got to just know how to deal with mm. this, this thing, um, without going deeper kind of below the issue into, well, have I been formed as a person who's able to know mm. the heart of God, the character of God, the voice of God, the word of God. Um, and, and that is now in I can now carry that into whatever issue is in front of me. Um, so, so that's something I'm, I'm pretty excited that's about. Strong. Yeah. I'm excited about that too. You know, there's not been a lot of writing on spiritual formation for cultural engagement. And so, so there's not a lot there that we can sort of draw from, but I think we can, there is, there is one book, um, written by or edited by Nathan Finn and Keith Whitfield called, uh, spirituality for the scent. I think, I think is the name and it's, it's, it's edited. So there's a lot of different contributions. Mm. Um, and so, so maybe we'll, we'll take a look at that a little bit, but, but that's exciting. Yeah. You know, uh, I've done a little bit of doctoral work in this realm of cultural engagement. And one of the things we've talked about is just how, how like spiritual disciplines is sort of this thing that's over here away from in cultural engagement and missions is over there. And as if these are two completely different things. Mm. And so looking at the implications of spiritual disciplines for cultural engagement or for mission in the world, uh, that's exciting. Well, it'll be fun to talk about. Yeah. I mean, you, <laughs> you kind of deep when, when something's coming at you and, and pressing you, you default to what you've, been trained in right this is the classic uh <laughs> dallas willard right yeah so uh, yeah I, I i it's just an exciting i think it's an exciting thing to yeah. talk through I, I don't i don't want to be someone who's just reacting to what's in front of me with what i you know my, with my default I, I want to be someone who's trained and ready um to respond the way that uh that jesus would respond the way that the scriptures would um encourage me to respond so that's good. Yeah. So um, I mentioned that's classic Willard because Willard talks about how if we wait to try to be like Jesus in our moment of crisis, it, it'll never happen. Like we're not, yeah. it, it's the, it's the, the regular ongoing practice because in the moment of crisis, we don't rise to the occasion. That's not really how hmm. people work. Yeah. We fall back on the formation of who we are. We basically fall back into, this is what I practice this is who I am. Yeah. And so this is why, you know, Kobe Bryant was so good. If we can make a ba basketball analogy. <laughs> Because he 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 didn't. It wasn't that he suddenly became good when it was like a moment of crisis. It's when the moment of crisis came, he was able to fall back on the million shots that he made yeah. and the, and the tenacity of his practices. And so, thinking about the the moment of crisis being engaging with culture, thinking about the these things that are coming at us or that we're going into as missionaries into the world, uh, being able to sort of fall back on our practices to be the kind of people. Yeah. Who engage with virtue. Yeah. That's good. That's good. All right. So uh, we do have, friendos, some new segments that mm. we're excited to introduce. Woo! It's going to be fun. We've got <laughs> some new segments that aren't, aren't particularly related to... I mean, they are related to cultural engagement, but they're not, they're not cultural engagement segments, right? They're fun. Well, it's, it's kind of how you engage. The first one, at least. <laughs> Our, our first new segment is called Get Off My Lawn, and that is how Jesse engages with culture. <laughs> That's not how I engage with all culture, but but this is part of why you call me grandpa. Yeah, right? it's not yeah, just the gray it does in all my, link together. It's not just the gray in my beard or white in my beard. 
Yeah, I told I told my wife Jenny um, that about this segment. And to be fair, I want to do this segment. I want to rant about things yeah. that I don't like. We need to give you a platform to do this, Jesse. I, I've, been, I've been dying for Keep a platform. Keep you off Twitter and we'll just have you on here. You guys are going to cut the... Every time I rant, yeah. you're just going to cut it. Yep. Yeah. And I'm going to be like, hey, where was the get off my lawn? They're like, we, you just needed oh, a bit. Oh, we lost it. Yeah. You just needed a bit. Yeah, we had to cut it. You may never hear a, an actual get off my lawn segment. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to rant about things that I, that drive me crazy. Mm. I do this all the time. So I, it is a cultural engagement segment. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Get off my lawn with that. What's happening in the world that frustrates, that that makes me mad and, and makes me want to tell people to stop, just stop it. It could also just be called stop it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. We haven't (laughs) prepped you for this, but can you give us like just a preview? Just, you know, just like a brief, what would be a, a, Example of a get off my lawn. Oh goodness! I'll give you an example when uh, when famous, semi-famous. I don't know. I don't know how famous Christians can be for being Christian, but when when Christians with platforms demand that we have an opinion about everything, mm, yes. get off my lawn with yeah. that. Stop get off it. my lawn. Let's just stop, <laughs> stop it. it. Stop it. Stop it. Don't stop. make don't make me care about things I don't care about <laughs> that have nothing to do with where I live. So here's the thing. Okay. Mm. Yes. You're opening up. You're <laughs> opening up. Okay. And editing note for the audio. <laughs> because 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 these these people. Okay. And I need to just find some that I can just call out. Okay. You people. Probably not on the podcast. <laughs> these people but. that that demand that I have an opinion about things that are happening far away that don't affect my neighbors. Mm. Like I, I, I'm allowed to have an opinion about those things. That is fair And it's game. not saying you don't care about those things. I'm allowed to care about those things. I'm also allowed to not care about them. Okay. That's that. that <laughs> I'm allowed to not care about things that don't affect me or my neighbors. Yes. Okay. So, so granted there's a, there's a degree to which at some point someone is my neighbor, no matter where they live. Right. But uh, I've got real neighbors who have real problems. Uh, sometimes they're completely, totally related to the problems that that famous Christian person who's t- demanding that I care about things. But sometimes they're not related at all. And I'm allowed to prioritize my neighbors mm. that mm. I know and care about, and and I'm take you know, and I'm loving in my actual neighborhood. So. That's just an example. Yeah. You didn't, I wasn't and Michael, prepared for that. And Michael and I will come in at the end of this segment and say things such as, this is not saying that Jesse does not care about wars and <laughs> things like that. This is just... That's right. That's right. <laughs> I do care about... Not everything can be at the center of the board. Right. I, I, exactly. I, that, that's what I'm trying to yes. say. Thank you. Thank not, you. Yeah, that's help. why we're here. We're going to just say what you meant, what you also didn't <laughs> what say. What you meant to say was... <laughs> What he meant to say was, um, not everything can be first priority in right. the triage. That's, yeah, yes. that's right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I do care about about injustice in the world. <laughs> okay. That's not what I'm ranting about. I'm just ranting that, that the demands to care about it all equally. Mm. Mm. But you made me do that. I wasn't, that wasn't <laughs> even going to be one of my rants. That's just what came to mind. We can cut that. Get off my lawn. <laughs> Get off my lawn. Stop it. Stop telling me I got to care about everything equally. <laughs> you have to end screaming. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> What's another new segment we're doing? Oh, uh, the next new segment. You know, instead of it's like um, the opposite of get off yes, my lawn. <laughs> get on my lawn. Yeah. <laughs> you guys give context of. 
Yeah. Next, Where? The, the, the other new segment we're introducing is called Look and See. And it's, it's going to be a time where we, we want to point to beautiful things that are happening in the world, uh, in, in, in the culture, maybe, maybe artifacts that are, that are being made that we can read or watch or listen to, uh, that will hopefully stir our, our hearts and minds, stir our affections, um, towards God, our, our maker and creator, um, and his glory. Amen. That's good. That's better than get off my lawn. That's the true and better version <laughs> of segment. You know, be, we'll end with that. The, the look and see is like our way of um, of sort of of practicing something that Wendell Berry would tell his own family. Right? There's a documentary out there that you can't watch, which is true to Wendell Berry. It used to be you on have- platforms, <laughs> but now you have to buy a you have DVD. To buy a DVD. And apparently, also a DVD maybe a, player, maybe a VHS. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but there's a documentary called Look and See where his children talk about uh, how their dad, Wendell, would uh, would require them, essentially make them stop in the middle of whatever they were doing, slow down and look around and see. Uh, really, that was his way of saying we, to be attentive to what God's doing in the land as, as farmers. We need to look and see. Look and see the way the water flows. Look and see the you know where things grow well. Look and see the beauty that's around us. Look and see what's going on over here in this field and what's going on over here. But uh, we want to, we want to sort of attend to not just the fields, uh, but the world. Mm-hmm. What, what's beautiful, what is worth looking at and recommending uh, in the world around us. So look and see is, is going to be about talking about beautiful things in the world. Holly, you've got our first look and see segment for us right now. I do. Yes. I, um, have two books actually for our first look and see segment. The first one is a fiction book and the next one is one that I haven't read yet, but I'm excited to read. So the first one, okay. If I was, if you were in the studio, friendos, <laughs> studio friendos, I would look you in the eyes and I would say, just trust me. When I tell you this little synopsis of this book, trust me. It's called Remarkably Bright Creatures. It's by Shelby Van Pelt. It's her debut novel. And it is about a 70-year-old woman and her friendship with an octopus. And it is the most beautiful story of growing old and relationships. And the way that God has made the octopus in such a beautiful way. Maybe not all of them. Mm. are as wonderful as this, as Marcellus. Marcellus. That is his name. But Marcellus will, you will, you will fall in love with this octopus. It's so a, It's well reviewed. It's incredible. It's so good. So and, that's my first one. And to what? be fair to yeah? you, Jesse, Jesse once recommended a book in a similar way. The, bu- the book of the dun cow. Mm. Oh yes, yeah. 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 It's a book about a talking cow. Okay. Well, and, talking and animals. A talking, yeah. It's really a book about a talking, talking rooster. chicken. Oh. Yeah, rooster. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Anyway, so not an octopus. You're, you're but not alone. I'm not alone. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe these authors are onto something. Yeah. Um, and Trust then, Holly. Yes, please do. And then the next one, guys, we are so excited. Um, Hannah Anderson, who is a friend of the house, friend. friendo, friendo Hannah. of the house, um, just came out with her Advent book. It's called Heaven and Nature Sing. I actually have 30 copies of this book sitting in my mudroom right now because that Hannah- That feels a little excessive. It does. <laughs> I'm just so excited. <laughs> I got 30 is, of them. So good. <laughs> 
Um, it's illustrated by her husband, Nathan. Hannah is coming to Valley Bible Church this weekend mm. when we're recording for a uh, retreat. So we're going to be selling her new Advent book. And I am so excited to read this. I I feel like I want to savor it and wait until the Advent season to start it, but I just am so excited. <laughs> got to crack that thing open. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to get a copy and, and uh, our family will be working through it. And so, um, yeah, friendos, you know, pick up. Read it with us. Join us. Join us. Pick up both remarkably bright creatures and heaven and nature. Saying we'll we'll post links to those books in our show notes so that you can just click right on there, and then you can walk, work through Hannah's new book uh, as we work through it this Advent season. Well, thank you, friendos, for listening to the Hammer and Quill season three, episode one. Tune in next time as we dive into the particular challenges for Christian cultural engagement in the decline of the West. If you haven't already, please subscribe or follow the Hammer and Quill on your favorite podcast app and write us a quick review, letting us and others know how we're doing. If you have any questions or ideas for future podcasts, things that you want us to take up here on the Hammer and Quill, please write in at info at bonhofferhouse.com. Write us and let us know how remarkably bright creatures is. Ooh. Yeah, and if you have a get off my lawn that we should, oh, yeah. we could read other people's get off my lawn. I don't know. Too. I don't know. I don't even trust myself. <laughs> yeah. If you, but if you want to write in things that you think will annoy me, mm. to provoke, <laughs> if you want to provoke. <laughs> some get off my lawns please feel free to write in also if there are things that you want us to uh, read watch or listen to that you might want us to recommend in our look and see segment feel free to do that as well until next time peace peace peace